Good morning. Good morning. I have good news and bad news this morning. The bad news is I'm speaking. The good news, hot dogs will be available after the service. Um, a little over a week ago, uh, September 22nd was the first day of fall here in the U.S., and one of the things I love about living in North Carolina is that we have four distinct seasons. This weekend, it's starting to feel a little bit like fall, starting to feel a little like winter in here, but uh, I just bumped the temperature up a little. With the changing of the weather and uh, with the passing of my mom about 12 days ago, I started thinking about the seasons of life that we all encounter, and it reminded me of a message that my good friend J.L. Williams shared a few years back entitled The Seasons of Life. And I thought I'd share some scriptures this morning that J.L. drew from from in that message and some of the principles that he shared that uh, I think will be thought-provoking and hopefully inspirational to us all this morning. Let's open with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you uh, for the ability this morning um, to be able to come together in the name of Jesus and for you to be with us, for your presence to be here. I thank you, God, that you have revealed yourself to us in your Son. You have given us your word uh, to direct our paths, to give us instruction, uh, correction, reproof, inspiration. So, Lord, I pray that your word this morning would come forth uh, in a way that would bring life to each of us that would draw us closer to Jesus, give us more understanding of our relationship with you and the fullness of it. So God, we thank you for an incredibly beautiful day that you've made. We rejoice in it. Mm -hmm. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your spirit who leads us into a knowledge of all truth in a world full of lies. God bless your word this morning and use me in Jesus' name. Amen. Got a lot of scriptures to cover this morning. If you'd like to write them down, do so. Or if you want, I'll be glad to email them to you. Um, but let's start at the beginning. In the chapter in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years. When God created the universe, he established definite seasons that the world would annually go through. His natural world would not be static and unchanging. Rather, it would be dynamic and cyclical. He designed the natural world to go through predictable sequential seasons. Now, the biblical view of history is that it's linear. There's a beginning an alpha, and there's an ending, an omega. And it truly is, history is his story. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. The Eastern view of history is cyclical, not linear. Um, There's an endless circle and reincarnation. But as Christians, we believe in a linear view of history. There's a beginning, there's an end. In tropical countries, the climate largely remains the same year-round. But even in these equatorial 
areas of the world, there are still generally two seasons. They refer to them as the dry season or the rainy season. In other countries, these two seasons are known as the hot season or the cold season. In other parts of the world, like here in North Carolina, we have four seasons known as spring, summer, fall, and winter. The cycle of these seasons is determined by the position of the sun and the moon. Each natural season has its own uniqueness. Each season brings changes in temperature, weather patterns, and environment. And there's a reason for every season. Here's our first principle this morning. Everything in the natural world was created by God to teach us about the supernatural world. Think about that for a minute. Everything in the natural world was created by God to teach us about the supernatural world. Everything that we can see, and we talked about Mike's prayer about, God, you didn't have to give me eyes, but you did. But everything that we can see that was created by God, that we can see was to teach us about what we cannot see in the spiritual realm. One world we can see with our physical eyes, the other world we can only see with spiritual eyes. So just as there are natural seasons of life, there are also spiritual seasons of life. God is the creator of both the natural and the spiritual seasons of our lives. After the flood, God made this promise in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Now here we see several sets of opposites in the natural realm. There's seed time, there's harvest. There's cold, there's heat, there's summer, there's winter, night and day. Likewise, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 74, verse 17, it was you who set all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. In Psalm 74, 16 through 17, the day is yours and yours also the night. You established the sun and moon. It was you who set all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. I had an interesting thought about that verse. You know, this is long before we knew that the earth was round. It was long before people knew that the earth revolved around the sun and that the moon revolved around the earth. And yet here is a scripture acknowledging that the sun and the moon affect uh, summer and winter, the seasons. The day is yours, yours also the night. You establish the sun and moon. The two uh, properties in our solar system that affect our seasons. Mm -hmm. That God established all the boundaries of the earth. He made both summer and winter. And Psalm 104.19 says, The moon marks off the seasons and the sun knows when to go down. The writer of Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Ecclesiastes 3.1 Our lives are not random. God has purposed for specific seasons in each of our lives. The prophet Isaiah used an agricultural theme and you know I like to use agricultural pictures um, to describe God's people. I love this. A people who are to be planted in the promised land to bear fruit in season for his glory. Isaiah 6.13 says, 
They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. I love that verse. What a great epithet that would be on a headstone. He was an oak of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Wow. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul used the same agricultural picture when he wrote in uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 9, you are God's field. Think about that for a minute. You are God's field. He has planted his spirit. He has planted his word in you. The purpose for God's field is to produce regular fruit each season for his glory and for the good of others. Now, the fruit that's to be produced in our lives is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 20 through, through 23, Romans 5, 5. And that specifically, the fruit is love. Um, that's both the nature of God, 1 John 4, 8, and the character of Christ, John 13, 1 and verse 34. Have you ever considered that you are God's field? in which he wants to bear the fruit of his love by the work of his spirit. God has planted in each of us, again, his spirit, as we've surrendered our lives to him on a daily basis, as we trust in Christ, God has planted his very nature, uh, his character, the character of Jesus in us by the Holy Spirit, and that's love. Now, moving along, the uh, seven feasts of Judaism are all based around agriculture, and agriculture is based around the seasons of the year. Uh, Exodus 23, 14 through 17 says, Celebrate the feast of harvest with the first fruits of the crops you sow in your field. Celebrate the feast of ingathering, tabernacles, at the end of the year when you gather in your crops from the field. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord God. Spring, Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits come together at the beginning of the agricultural year. Summer, Pentecost comes in the middle of the agricultural year. And autumn, trumpets, day of atonement, and tabernacles or ingathering come together at the end of the agricultural year. Each season of life has its own uniqueness. In the spring, the animals mate and bear their young. Seeds germinate and grow. Spring is the time that the sap flows, leaves grow, and flowers bloom. As the Bible says, all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, and then the full kernel in the head. Mark 4.28 During summer, the fruit and vegetables mature for food and reproduction. In the fall, the full harvest comes in if there's been adequate former and latter rains. In many parts of the world, winter then sets in, blanketing vast areas of the earth in snow and ice. This freezing weather causes the earth to have several months of needed rest and repose and gives many animals times of decreased activity or hibernation. These seasons are all interconnected. One flows naturally into the other. Therefore, each season directly influences and impacts the next season. They cannot be separated from each other. What happens in one season dramatically affects what happens in the following season. Here's our next principle. 
You always reap in one season what was sown in the previous season. You always reap in one season what was sown in the previous season. Galatians 6, says, uh, 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Here's another principle. What you are now, as well as where you are now, is the direct result of past sowings in the seasons of your life by you or by others. Think about that for a minute. What you are now, as well as where you are now, is the direct result of past sowings in the seasons of your life by you or by others. Therefore, what is true in the natural realm is equally true in the spiritual realm, as well as in all other spheres of life. Just as nature goes through predictable cycles, so does every other area of life. As human beings, we go through um, cycles of growth from conception, birth, infancy, childhood, adolescence, young adulthood, middle age, old age, and death. In these seasons of life, we each experience physical change. I didn't used to look like this. (laughs) Mental change. No comment, Greg. (laughs) Emotional change and spiritual change. If we develop in a healthy manner during our various chronological seasons of life, we'll go from dependency as an infant to independence, to interdependence. Part of our being here this morning is our interdependence on one another to grow in our faith. In addition to our own individual seasons of life, the world around us is doing the same in every sphere. Marriage goes through different seasons. Lisa and I are in a new season of life. The kids are gone for the most part. Uh, it's, It's different. We like it. (laughs) Family life goes through distinct seasons. Tragically, though, love does not always prosper and grow from season to season. Because of the absence of love, marital and familial seasons can be scarred by alienation, estrangement, separation, and even divorce. As a result of these negative relational seeds that are sown... In the children, a harvest of pain, anger, insecurity, inferiority, regret, and self-recrimination will grow for the rest of the seasons of their lives. That's why we see so many broken people all around us all the time. And we're seeing the breakdown of our traditional Judeo-Christian culture in the news every night. Therefore, what we sow in our seasons of life also always impacts the lives of others, especially those closest to us. Mm -hmm. Our every season radically impacts others, either for good or for evil. In the same way that individuals go through seasons, nations go through seasons. Cultures, governments, organizations, businesses, churches, ministries, leaders, missionaries, Christian workers all go through seasons. Each one goes through an inescapable cycle of conception, birth, life, growth, decline, decay, death. Therefore, life is never static. Time never stands still. 
It relentlessly marches forward and it always does so through predictable seasons. The only constant is God. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody once said, God is the constant. We are the variable. I like that. But while some individuals, marriages, ministries, and nations enjoy many seasons of fruitful growth, others experience only a few. They're short-lived, which begs the obvious question, what makes the difference? Once again, the Bible teaches that there are absolute laws of sowing and reaping. These spiritual and physical laws determine both the quantity and the quality of the seasons of life. They do not have to be discovered by trial and error. They are clearly revealed to us in God's word and available for everyone to live by through faith and obedience. So every sphere of life goes through seasons. Nothing's immune from this cycle of change, especially the Christian life. And because God is a God of reason, there is a reason for every season. No season is capricious, meaningless, mindless, or purposeless. Since there is intelligent design behind our universe and individual lives, there are wise, providential purposes for every season of life. However, while we have come to expect uh, the rhythm of the natural seasons, most of us have not learned to adjust to the spiritual seasons of life. What season of life are you currently in? I'm now in my sixth decade of life, which means I've gone through over 60 seasons of life. Each spring now, as you get older, I don't know if you're like this, but I've become a lot more reflective of things. Um, Each spring when I plant a garden now, I ask the Lord, Lord, how many more gardens do you have for me? I had nothing to do with the family that I was born into or the parents who raised me. I had nothing to do with my temperament, my emotional DNA, uh, natural talents or gifts of the Holy Spirit. I did not grow up in a Christian home and did not have an example of a godly father to learn from. But I did have a mom I did have a mom who sent my sister and I to church. Because she knew where the answers were to be found. And later she found them too. It's all been God's amazing grace. From start to finish that took me from where I was to where I am today. And it's His grace that will finish the work He's begun in me. It's a lot of work. 
What was your experience growing up? Were you raised in a home of faith by parents that uh, were growing Christians? Or was your season of childhood scarred by many broken relationships? Your parents, relatives, or peers may have sowed their own sick seeds into your life while you were young. Your early years may be emotionally pockmarked by family violence, divorce, alcoholism, drug abuse, verbal vilification, sexual exploitation, or just parental neglect. So many people that we encounter every day had that childhood. Your teenage years may have been spent sowing wild oats that you're still reaping the results of. As the Bible says, you may have sowed the wind and are now reaping the whirlwind. Hosea 8, 7. And the result of all this is a lot of wasted seasons of life, painful experiences, damaged emotions, barren years, and negative harvests. Grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Regardless of the seasons of life that we've come through or that we're currently in, God's grace can intervene if we will give Him complete control of our lives. 1 Peter 4.8 says His love can cover a multitude of sins. Romans 5.20, His Word assures us that where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. God has always been in the business of making new creations in Christ Jesus. He alone can make old things pass away and bid everything become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If we will give Him this season of our life, starting right now, the next season of our lives can be radically different. Greg mentioned earlier one of the reasons we come to church is to move from mediocrity to excellence. We could be tired today of being mediocre or or maybe just being where we are. We want more of God. We want to be more like Him. We want to be pleasing to Him. We want the last years of our lives to be fruitful. At this very moment, you can begin to sow positive seeds that will result in a future harvest of pleasure rather than pain. It will ultimately result in an eternal season of joy and pleasure at his right hand forevermore. Psalm 16, 11. But to change this present season of our lives, we must begin by changing our minds. A change of season always begins with a change of mind. This change of mind is what the Bible calls repentance. If it's authentic repentance, there will be a change of mind that will result in a change of direction and a change of behavior. While we cannot change or erase what's happened to us in earlier seasons of our lives, we can change our response to them. I'm sure Pat deals with this all the time in counseling with people. You can't do anything about where you've come from, but you can change where you are today and where you're going. We can accept full ownership in our response and reaction to what happened to us in the former seasons of our lives. By an act of our will, we can stop dwelling on these past events. We can stop obsessing on them in our minds. As J.L. used to say, we can decide to quit rehearsing, nursing, and cursing them. 
We can choose to pull up that deep-seated root of bitterness that we have allowed to deeply penetrate our spirit, Hebrews 12, 15. And we must begin by accepting God's unconditional forgiveness. Then we must extend that same unconditional forgiveness to everyone who hurt us, whether intentionally or unintentionally. There are many scriptures that J.O. called together to describe seven aspects of the four seasons of life, winter, spring, summer, and fall. We don't have time to go into those today, so maybe that'll be another Sunday message. But let's conclude our consideration of the seasons of life with these thoughts. Another principle. You cannot recall, replay, or relive any of the seasons of life. You can't recall, replay, or relive any of the seasons of your life. It's behind you. It's there. It's, that's history. Psalm 90.12, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Ephesians 5.15, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. 2 Timothy 4.2 Be very careful then how you live. Excuse me. Uh, preach the world. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. John 5.17 Jesus said, My Father is always at His work to this very day, and I too am working. And finally, Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor by our works of love. Concentrate on that. We are a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor by our works of love. Remember, you are God's field. Don't let it lay fallow and unplanted. Don't let Satan and the world plant its weeds in God's garden. God is a great gardener. He wants to make us fruitful in every season of life for his glory and for the good of others. Let's pray. Lord, where do we start? We think back in our minds to the first day we heard of you. The first day that we sensed that you were real. The first day that you revealed yourself to us. The first day when the Bible, when Scripture came alive. And we knew. And we believed. And we confessed. And you came into our lives and you changed us. You're still doing that. When someone calls out to you and says, God, forgive me for my sin. Jesus, I trust in you to forgive me of sin. And to come into my life and make me pleasing to you. You do that. You do not disappoint when we as believers who've maybe walked with you for 50 years 
and still struggle with areas of sin. And we come to you and say, God, please forgive me. You cover a multitude of sins. You are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Lord, help us to grow into maturity, though, that some of these things that we keep looking back on and rehearsing and nursing and cursing, these things that maybe we've struggled with for years, Lord, help us to to lay it down, to be cleansed of all unrighteousness and to be pleasing to you. Lord, help us today to sow into this new season of each of our lives so that the next season we will reap a harvest. Lord, I don't know how many more gardens I've got. I don't know if tomorrow you might call me home. One of the things I loved about J.L. was he was constantly redeeming the time. Lord, help us to redeem the time that we have to be fruitful for you in your kingdom. That one day we would have that experience of entering in your depre- into your presence and hearing those words, good and faithful servant. So Lord, to this end, this morning, we turn our thoughts to you. Um, we turn our hearts to you. We pray, God, that you would continue the good work that you've begun in us. Draw us closer, Father. Make us more like Jesus. Thank you that you've planted into our lives the Holy Spirit and your word. Help us to bear good fruit to your glory and to the good of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at page 36.